Let's light this puppy. Yeah. All right, here we go. The T-bone. <laughs> and chick fruit. God bless. All these years, just get it right one time. What do you want from me? 40 years they've been trying. You couldn't fire somebody if they were horrible, doing a terrible job for the veterans. And now you can say you're fired. <laughs> Okay. No one listens to radio. And now for a quick disclaimer. The T-Bone. And Chick Brew. Show is brought to you by nobody. We have no sponsors. The show is still rated G. For Glorious. In the studio today, another uh, back-to-back surprises that you'll be hearing uh, back-to-back. I have with me uh, nationally touring comedian Typhoo Panda, who is also... Uh, one of my favorite uh, things to do during the pandemic was the uh, the bathrobe boys. Yeah, yeah, so, man. yeah. With that, bro. <laughs> we uh, we're gonna get into a bunch of things today, and I'm gonna start by saying that uh, Typhoon Panda and Will C are both performing at the Harrisburg Comedy Zone, and it just seems normal that I play the commercial for that. your laugh on and save a life. The Harrisburg Comedy Zone, in partnership with the Central Pennsylvania Blood Bank, offer two free passes for every single pint of blood donated. Quick clarification, it must be your blood. One pint, two free passes, that's almost the junkie rate for a plasma donation. Did you know a single pint of blood can save as many as three lives? Did you know the Harrisburg Comedy Zone features amazing talent from all over the country every single weekend? Did you also know that blood expires? And the Central Pennsylvania Blood Bank is in regular need of donations. For more information on how you could save a life and have a laugh, visit cpbb.org and harrisburgcomedyzone.com. That's one word, harrisburgcomedyzone.com. And it trails out there. <laughs> uh, that sounded like a vampire commercial, man. <laughs> Tell I, I I've told this before. Uh, the first time I had been to the Harrisburg Comedy Zone was the last time you guys were here, and the the backdrop is just so busy. It's easy to lose the performer. Mm-hmm. Now you're six three. Yeah. But, but you're skinny as a rail. Yeah. And yeah. I got poor eyesight. So there were many times when you were on stage last time, I was like, well, where'd he go? Where? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, you got you to gotta be having a lot of action going on up there because it is so busy back there. You know, you can get lost in there. It's, it's a lot. It'd be nice to just have just a comedy zone up maybe and something simple yeah, the, the old red brick wall yeah, yeah, yeah. something simple but keep, they're never going to take that down they paid way too much money to get that done yeah keep the faces around <laughs> on the walls like a normal comedy zone yeah 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 the performance should just be just him you know that's the only that's the only dig i've got on the harrisburg comedy zone it's, it's actually i think it's a nice club the seating's done right yeah yeah i, I, I like it i it's like it good club and the like drinks the are cheap yeah, they are. I mean, uh, and I'll and I'll be I'll be confirming that the drinks are cheap again tonight when I want to come out to visit you guys for the shows. It'll work. Let's talk about you, and then we'll build up all the way up until the pandemic. So, where did you begin? How did you start? What got you? Go- what you got you doing this? It's crazy. I was karaoke with my family <clears throat> one night. Actor, uh, this actor from uh, Friday, the movie Friday, the father on there. I keep forgetting his name. John Witherspoon. Not him. Not that father. The guy who got knocked out and they was like, he said, you want some of this old man? He was like, no. Oh, I don't Uh, know that guy. uh, When when he beat the dude up for his chain. 
uh, that guy's father. He was in the club one night. His brother had passed away in Kansas City. I didn't know he, my family had knew him or whatever. And I'm karaoke and I'm just acting a fool. I'm doing Clarence Carter's man. Ha! I'd be stroking. I'd be stroking. I love that song. So he was like, he calls me over to the corner and I never get starstruck. They just people that make more money than me. <laughs> you know, they still eat and drink like me. So he's like, you know, he's like, you do comedy? I said, nah. He said, tell me something about those guys over there throwing darts. So I just start roasting the guys, you know, throwing darts. And he was like, you need to find you a mic. And he said, you, you, you need to do something with comedy. I, I never thought about it before. And I've always been the funny friend. Ah, a, a situation I'm familiar with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Always, never the friend that, you know, people want to be with. Not the girl that wants to be with. She's like, oh, you're just so funny. <laughs> yeah, but I... I would like to. I, I want to be more than funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be more than you wanna, funny. I you want me to really guy. make you laugh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, I went to Stanford's Comedy Club, man, and it, it fell in love, man. It was like, I don't know, it was like drugs. You get that first laugh, and you're like, and then, you know, after you're in the game for a long time, and I'm still green. It's 15 years, but it's still green. You start to realize, you look back at your career when you first started, and you'd be like, I wasn't talking about nothing. I was, I yeah, was just terrible. doing bad. Yeah. Oh, so they say five to ten years to find your voice. Yes, yes. I mean, there's no shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. You can get up there. I don't care if you're the best joke writer in the world. You have to be able to deliver it, and you've got to deliver it multiple times in different ways to find out what's perfect. Yeah. It's it's a science, man. It's hard to do. People don't understand. I, I be telling people that all the time. I be like, listen. A lot of people, you know, the cliche is, uh, my friends say I'm funny and I should do comedy. I can do that. I'm like, but guess what the trick is to get the 20 year old and the 80 year old to laugh together at the same. Not just one laugh at this and then you go on this side of the fence and they're laughing at this joke. But get that 85 year old to laugh and that 20 year old and 17 year old in the crowd or whatever. And the bad parent that has the 13 year old. Nah, I'm just <laughs> You know, get them laughing together. That's the art. And then knowing your way around the stage is like, I didn't know. I didn't understand that. You know, it's still rude with comedy versus you still being yourself, but it's still rude. And it took me a long time to be like, okay, I know the direction I want to go. I know what I want to say. I know the message that I want to put out there. So now it's good. I'm good. So you start off in Kansas City about 15 years ago. Who are some of the people you've met along the way as far as comedians that you've worked with? We're, we're talking fame here. Let's uh, uh, let's drop some names. Who are, who are we talking about? Let's see. Marlon Wayans. Work with him. Michael Collier. Work with, uh, man, Chris Catan. I work with some of the guys from Wildin' Out. Man, I don't know. It's a long list, brother. It's a long list. If uh, When I'm asked that question, the, the one name that always comes to mind is Tommy Davidson. He's, he's great. I that love is. Tommy, man. He's just, he is habitually late for everything yeah yeah i mean you have to go get tommy yeah yeah like he because he's just he's just making small talk with people in the lobby he i'm like hey man it's, 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 it's your time i got you man i got you no, no, I'm, I'm gonna be out there man <laughs> I'm, I'm on my way man i'm on my way i'm on my way tell him i'll be there man. i'll be right there he's a great yeah. guy i like him I, I do i like i got to hang out with him I think for me though it would be probably Michael Winslow. I have uh, I have tried to get Mike in a couple of different projects. 
he's he's got you know because number one he's he is who he is and he's an amazing guy but uh when i was in jacksonville and he he's down there in the orlando area i tried to get him up for like for uh the african-american celebrations and, and things that we would do and i just wanted him to be a guest speaker at certain events we could never we could never work out the details because yeah. because he he's a bit pricier than i could afford you know yeah, he, he's pricey, <laughs> but the reason why i brought him up and and I like him and Louis Anderson. I was like, I want to be like them guys because I watched him how he treat his fans. And and for I think for us as comedians, the fans are the real true boss. You know, there are employers for the most part, even though this venue hire you or whatever. Yeah, and but I if you can't put people in seats, yeah. you ain't coming back. Facts. And and these people loved him like Louis Anderson, this old lady tells him rest in peace peace louie and uh this lady's like it's so glad to see you finally in person i i loved your cartoon the life with louie and i finally got to see and he was like well hey here's his shirt (laughs) (laughs) signs the shirt he's thank you for coming you know he was just real laid back and cool you know what i'm saying i was like ah that's the guy I want to be. I don't want to be to where you're so big and you just like get away from me. You you don't need to talk to me. Bodyguards. <laughs> yeah, you see that. You know, there's some acts that actually require bodyguards. But when you think of when you think of famous people, like what's the worst like fan interaction you ever came across? The worst fan? Yeah, a fan interaction for famous. Oh. Yeah, for headline uh, famous um, comedians. I, I can't stand Jimmy Walker. Really. I cannot stand them. Well, you don't want to live in this area because we are pounded with JJ commercials. I, I cannot. He, he, when I seen how he treated the fans, I, I was disappointed. Really? Very disappointed to where he called me one time to, he was like, hey, you in town? Are you going to? I'm like, ah, this weekend. Ah, <laughs> nah, man. I wish I can be there. But no, I didn't want to, I, I don't want to work with him. I don't give a shit with the project. I don't care to work with him at all. I, as far as on the bad side, and then we'll go to like the best. On the bad side, it was Tommy Chong. It was disappointing for me because that wow. Cheech and Chong were like the first comedians I ever heard, and then it, then it was Pryor, you know, then it was Carlin. But it was like Cheech and Chong was like the oh, first yeah. tape I got my hands on. I got to I got to like get. I wasn't smoking then, but I got to uh, hotbox it. <laughs> With the, I got secondhand smoke from him. <laughs> I got to be around his secondhand smoke, but I ain't really, you know, the he, energy wasn't there. He would after the show. He would let you take a picture with him, but it was five bucks a piece with your camera. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. And I just, I just like, okay, that's cool, you know. I, but I did find out though with those things sometimes it, because they don't they like uh, Faison love love the guy. He's a great guy, great dude. And uh, talked to him a lot. And uh, he was like, I was like, man, you're not going to come out and, you know, say something to the people, this, that, and the other. He said, and it was during the pandemic uh, this time. And he said, nah, man. He said, Tafu, I don't do that no more. He said, I, I have a picture that I'll sell them or this, that, and the other, but I don't do that anymore. He had said something about a problem with rabbit fans. And he was like, just like, you know, if your hands ain't in the picture, then you know you don't know oh, what yeah. you're gonna do with it, or they say, "Oh, he touched me here," or you know his hand wasn't in the picture, so that's why 
I learned lessons from him. He, I'll make sure I'm in a picture. I'm like, hey, ah. hands up. Ah. My hands are up inside. But he was like, you never know what they're going to do with the picture if you let them control the narrative of the picture. I learned this from George Clinton. I learned the good and the bad from this. George Clinton only let his people take your picture, and it forced you to you know, go to the website to get the picture. So I take these pictures with George Clinton and I've never gotten those pictures. I'm a big Funkadelic fan. So oh my God, he put on a great show. It hurts my heart that I never got these pictures of me and George Clinton together. Damn. But you know, back in back in the early 2000s, we weren't taking selfies with everybody. I, I, I thought about that today. Me, you, Will, and uh, Cavell, all together. Yeah. Not a single picture taken amongst any of us. We have not taken a picture. <laughs> We're terrible. We need, to, we need to start documenting things better, you know what I'm saying? And moment. The moment. It, but I've always thought that the way pictures should be, instead of selfies, you have a camera person that takes the photo and tells the people all the photos from these shows are going to be on the website. Yeah. And that drives traffic to the website and it's it speeds up the line because you don't have to worry about how different people's cameras are or anything like yeah. that. You got somebody just doing that as a job. Because people always handle you, give you like 50 cameras, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, take it sideways, take it sideways. Did you get a good one? And then you got to run through and let them see, be like, are those pictures okay? I took 50 of them, (laughs) you know? And then they'd be like, oh, my phone locked. Here, let me unlock it for you. Could you hurry up, please? You know, and I'm telling you, I, I love taking pictures with folks. But what I do is if they ask me to take a picture, if I take a picture of them in some another comic that I'm working with, I put selfie in their phone. Always, always. It's always. The first picture you got to take is of yourself. Like, okay, how do you turn this around? Yeah. I already turned it around. Oh, I must have hit something. Gotcha. Yeah, I got you. I'm just taking mini photos. I'm taking photos of myself. I like to do it. I like to do it to random white women. So they, they husbands to get in there. Hey, 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 hey. I knew you were still in. You could have told me. You're still in the black guys, aren't you? That was at the show, honey. <laughs> you showed me every picture but this one. I didn't know it was in there. How about, uh, how about best fan interaction? What is, what is, uh, who's, who's out there that's doing it better than anybody? Uh, fan wise. Tony Roberts, man. Really? Tony Roberts been excellent, man. What does he do? He he just he just embraces everybody. He's like everybody good, you know. You good or like? It's almost like he's asking like, "Did you get your fill of me?" <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if you have it, there's more of me. I'll give it to you. You know, he he just seemed he was just pleasing, man. He's Bruce Baum, who uh, was an icon in the '80s, a legendary comedian. I, I, I love Bruce. Uh, I've been I'm lucky enough to call him a friend. Oh wow. But uh, Bruce Bomb. <laughs> but he after his show, he is the most approachable person. And and he and he just converses with everybody. I re, I remember we would finish a show and we, he'd spend another hour just talking to anybody that wanted to talk to him about anything they wanted to talk about. One of the and for a man who had reached that level, you know, mm-hmm. he was Saturday Night Comics and and uh, just so many shows that he did. He did they did this one show. It was him and Howie Mandel. Make me laugh. It was called Make Me Laugh. Make me laugh. I, yeah. Because of Bruce Baum, I had ran a show in Kansas City and it was Make Me Laugh. Yeah, I, I, I still have the pictures and everything from I because of that show because of Bruce Baum. It was a great show. Uh, it was I fun and entertaining. It. It's very entertaining and. I liked it because it tested the comic. Uh, we had uh, did a, it was a minute 
you had a minute to make the person in the audience laugh and uh i would get different you know comics come in and you know with with us comics we have this bravado we're the i mean you should think that way anyway you know the funniest thing you know in the world and then they get up there and they like damn i can't make this guy laugh you know this guy did you bring the the audience member you bring them up on stage yes oh and yeah. of course now they're part of the show they're not going to yeah. break that's yeah. hard to do and then they i mean they they it was testing their comedy out you know what i'm saying and then you have to be witty yeah you can't just go up there and do your five yeah. you can't do a tight five and try yeah. to break the guy in a minute exactly so it's like you had and i and it found out at that point not all comics are witty. Some comics are not bred for that. And I've seen them where they write verbatim. And I watched one, one comics writing process. He actually had his name written into the, the headline of the joke he was writing. And I was like, well, what are you doing? He was like, I, I have to write it this way so I know how much time it is. And I know I'm introducing myself again. I'm doing it. I'm like... Well, but name, name branding, it? yeah. But why do you have to write it, though? I just didn't, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm a just idea guy. Nick Costanza uh, is a former Jacksonville comic, but he's a, a Kansas City comic now. Yeah, I, yeah, I believe yeah. Nick's still in Kansas Nick, City. No, no, he moved back. Back to Jacks? Yeah, he, he's back down in Jacksonville. He did cue cards. He always had uh, five by seven cards in his pocket, and any time something hit him, he just he'd pull out this card to start writing it down. I never, I've tried it. I've tried doing that, but I never have the cards on me when inspiration hits. What is your writing process? Conversation, man. Conversation. I would just, I, I try to embrace. I'm like a hippie. Now, it's now that I'm over 40 for some reason. I'm like a hippie. I think that's why I was able to find my voice. And it was like, it's conversation. Just last night, I'm going to try tonight. Uh, uh, we was in a conversation <clears throat> about like women and child support and things like that and stuff like that. And I was like, uh, my daughter's mom had passed away and I'm there at her funeral to, you know, for my daughter or whatever. And, you know, and I'm looking at the casket. I'm going to start to write. So I break my phone out in the middle <laughs> of the damn, you know, funeral. I'm like. And I'm looking at this casket, and I'm like, this chick owes me 77000 worth of back child support. Mm. How does she get away with this shit? Uh. I said, now, if that was me, I'd be doing community service on the other side. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I said, so I'm writing, and I'm writing, and I'm just like, just thinking of all kind of stuff, so I'm texting myself. So I, I just... It just happens while you're in the moment for me. I don't try to, I just try to, what's his name? Godly. Uh, he used to open for uh, Jimmy Walker all the time. Forgot his uh, white guy. I think Artie, Artie Todd, Fudge. Todd or something. I okay. forgot his name. Anyway, he uh, he has told me one time, he said, he said, what you, he said, what I do is I don't write. Uh, for a joke, I just keep a journal of what happened during my day, and then I'll go back and find the funny. And I, I tried to do the journal thing, but uh, I'm kind of a procrastinator. So I just embrace my experiences with everybody. And if it happens there, I'd be like, you know how you'd be thinking like, oh, they got some legs. And you just jot it down. 
you know, I, well, think I, I mean, that happened. I'm, I'm pretty much the same way. And that happened to us just yesterday at lunch. Yeah. We're just talking back and forth. And there was some there was some great material that was developing. And all you need to do to, to write a good joke is to be around a couple of funny people yeah. and talk. And you're like, oh, yeah, I, I can see where this gonna is. Are going to use that? Which if one? If you don't use it, I ain't going to use it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's talking about the mask and, and, the, and the reading lips and it got into the, the death thing. Well, when I that uh, that is you use it. You, I mean, I'm not going up on stage anytime soon. You develop that. That's and your uh, your dog story, man. Look. With a little twisting of that, oh, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a, go, a gold mine. I remember we were. I told you about us getting thrown out of an all you can eat restaurant in uh, Davie, Florida. And uh, that night we performed. And that night I had turned that story into a more humorous story by you know amping it up a little bit. And, yeah, but, yeah. Buck Naked came to me after the show, man. He said, I can't believe you did that, man. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, that just happened a couple hours ago, and you're up on stage telling people about it, and they're laughing. I was like, yeah, man, that's 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 what I do. I, I create an experience. I make it funny. Yeah, Man, that's... my wife fact-checked me last night. Wow. I'm telling the story. We had, I've had five people from Kansas City in my house in the last two days. Wow. Yeah. My, my two guests that came over last night that we're dog-sitting for, Yeah, they're both from Kansas City also. Oh, wow. Strange. But uh, I'm telling a story. You know, I, got, I got the room. I'm telling a story. And she starts fact-checking me. Like, that's not how it happened. That's not how it happened. Oh, wow. <laughs> what are you doing? That's why I hate people with phones in the audience. <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm, I, I love that. Because, see, I came from, uh, we've played the dozens and stuff like that in in high school and everything else to where uh, my parents loved me i went to i went to a suburban school i i well very well I, yes i my parents loved me but uh if you was in class early that's because you was getting roasted so bad or something or you had something on that you was gonna get roasted about and it was three things that that got you like friends or out the house or whatever you was either good at sports and you was going to be the first pick you could knock somebody the hell out <laughs> or you could talk a lot of shit you were the funny guy and i i was the young guy so i wasn't going to get picked up first i was the have to play you know like just to make the team's even guy <laughs> even though i can play but i was younger than there i had a big brother so i didn't really have to knock anybody out but I could talk a lot of stuff. And they the, to where, you know, you're talking to older kids and they're like, hey, sh get out of here before I punch you in your face. You know, and you're like, yeah, OK, OK, I must have got on this side. So I was always the roaster. Well, so, you must have been very fortunate that your parents loved you and sent you to a suburban school. Yes, yes. And yes. I must have been very unfortunate that my parents didn't have the option. And I just went to what do we call them? Uh, the urban schools. Oh, I'm sorry. I, it was uh, it was not uncommon to be the only Caucasian in any of my classes. Oh, you was like <laughs> the one white family in the hood that I, nobody we, messed that with. That was us. It was like, hey, Tony's cool. Leave him alone. <laughs> nobody messes with Tony. If Tony's in the club, he's probably the one that's going to be the one to start the shit. People who knew me, I was I was I was golden with the people that knew me. But you know, outside of my circle. It's danger. Yeah. So I remember one time they tried to rob me for uh, my dad's watch. I had borrowed my dad's watch without permission because I wanted Ooh. to have a watch on. And yeah, five brothers roll up on me, right? Hey, white boy, give us that watch. 
As I, and I just started going off about how this watch is just a worthless piece of crap. Don't mean nothing to you. Don't mean nothing to me. If I had money, I wouldn't be here. You know, I'm just going off. And then, then they started laughing and started laughing and let me go with it. Wow. With my dad's watch in my hand. You know what? Because <laughs> in your head, I'm pretty sure you was like the butt whooping and beating I would take for even having taken the watch in the first place is worse than anything you can do to me. It would, it, it would not have ended well. You would have to shoot me. You're going to have to kill me because if you don't, my father is going to kill me. I, I was young and uh, I used to like try to ride on the back of the ice cream truck when it stopped. You're trying to hang on and then let them drive down the street. And I did this and somebody said, hey, oh, they stopped the ice cream man and he stops the truck. I fall off. And he backs up, bow, hits me in the face with the with the bumper, runs right over me. But I, in the middle of the, I was in the middle of the van, though. So they was like, "Oh my God, he ran him over!" And I looked up and I was like, "Holy crap!" I just take <laughs> off running because my mind was, "I'm gonna get." The beating of my life, if my parents find out that I got hit with this and my mom comes home and she says, I heard you got hit with, because, you know, everybody was snitches. So she's like, I heard you got hit with ice cream. I was like, mm, me? Mm-mm. So that big red bruise on your face <laughs> is, no, I was No, in, I got stung by a I bee. Was, yeah, I was in the woods earlier. <laughs> Mm-mm. No, it wasn't me. I would, I would remember if I got hit, and yeah. then you, 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 uh, you give away, this. you give specific details. Yeah, you yeah. confess to the crime without knowing it. Yeah, I, I mean, I would know what the serial number is on the tra- yeah. on the transmission, Ma. I mean, it was that if I was that close, I would have known. And it ends with, I had heard about this. <laughs> I heard about that. Yeah, I, I heard about that. That wasn't me, though. They thought it was me, but it wasn't. Somebody me. looked like me, you know. I was in. <laughs> it's, 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 all the kids on this block know you. To where I've had a whooping by all the neighbors on the block. I was like that kid. I was like I was a sick individual because I snuck around a lot. And my mom worked for the post office. My dad worked for the railroad, and so you know, that, like an upper middle class family. And uh, because their schedules was off, my dad would be like, "What?" My mama set the couch bed out for him because she had to get up at like six in the morning or something and he didn't get in any and he was a biker he wouldn't get in till like two or three in the morning and everybody took baths back in the 80 you know what i'm saying it was just like just what you did you just took baths and she set all this stuff out while she goes to bed and i if i'm up while he goes and take a bath i'll sneak up under the couch bed and you know you got the floor model tvs and stuff be watching beta porn <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my my dad's strong arm was very strong uh, and he was a, a screw turner he was a mechanic guy too and uh anyway they had storyline the porn had storyline so i'm in second grade no crap mm, tony this is crazy i the teacher told me i had detention or whatever and I had to stay after school i didn't know what that was I was thinking she wanted Yes. I was thinking she wanted to be with me. She was a beautiful teacher. They didn't start making those teachers until later. So uh she goes to the office, she comes back, I'm butt naked. <laughs> I'm I'm in second grade, man. I'm butt naked and I'm sitting on You're that, definitely at an age where you can get by. You can, you know. I'm I'm like 
I'm I'm on that that gray stool with the like little little gray thingy or whatever the little <laughs> like I don't know I don't know if it's rock or whatever that's on top of this stool I'm sitting on this stool and I'm like I've been drinking water all day I am going to destroy this I, she is gonna the leave. second grade second grade I'm thinking like she's gonna leave her husband. <laughs> She's going to leave her husband for this second grader. And my dad, he's, he, he gets home. He's, uh, he's, he's smoking this joint. And he's looking at me. And he tells me, he says, I whip you every day. He said, every day you do something. And he was at a loss. He was just like, he's smoking his weed. He's like, listen, help me help you. What am I doing wrong? He said, what am I Explain doing? Explain this to me. What am I doing? And he tells my mom, he says, I hear him go into the bedroom. He says, I, I can't even whoop him. He said, something's wrong with the boy. And my mom's name, Lorraine. He says, Lorraine, something's wrong with the boy. Something is wrong with him. Okay? I don't know what it is. Something's wrong with that boy. Okay? He does not have it all. And we need, you need to go take him to see a doctor, something. He said, the boy ain't got it all. I swear, the boy just, every day, you would think he would just stop. <laughs> and he was just, he, he he was just at a loss. And I was like, you know the famous answer. He's like, why was you, he's like, uh-uh, 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 you know, it was crazy. You were naked. I was, uh, naked. I was naked, yeah. Why? Oh, I always, I always been that way, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't explain to him. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it was crazy, man. It was rough. That's a beautiful story. That's a that's a loving, caring relationship between father and son. Yeah, when you stump your dad, that's like that's, that's great. Anytime you can get out of a beating is good, right? Yeah, I I left home at 15. That uh, that was my out, and I left home after I thought my father had killed me. <laughs> I had done something. I had upset him. Uh, I knew it was going south, so I, I made a very rapid exit from the house because I knew something was getting ready to go bad. And he hit me with something so hard in the center of my back that I just fell to the ground. <laughs> and I, I remember I fell to the ground and I could just feel the blood oozing out of my back. I, I don't know, a knife. I don't know what he had thrown at me. I could just feel it just oozing down. Oh. And, and then when I finally got it and found out it was an egg, he hit me so hard wow. with an egg an that egg. I thought he had it's killed me. That bad. Like, <laughs> were you checking for blood? I was. Would I like thought it was dead. Oh, oh, oh God. And uh, due to various life, life choices as a 15-year-old, I had plenty of beds I could sleep in. Oh. Uh, so, you know, I just uh, uh, kind of left home and then uh, came back occasionally to see if everybody was okay. And, and uh, as soon as I could, I, I got out of there. And But you got great worth ethic, man. You had to have great worth ethic back then. Or you it seemed like you wasn't going to eat. I was working three jobs. I didn't have a car. The, the city buses didn't run the routes I worked. I walked every day eight miles to school. Oh, you had some strong ass cash. Yeah, I, I walked every day to school. I worked the three jobs, uh, and uh, and then it became too much, so I just quit the school and started doing the jobs. And uh, you quit school, yeah, to go and 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 this life that you have built for yourself is amazing, bro. Well, it, it was a lot of work. 
a lot of perseverance, and I'm going to tell you, to be honest, uh, I, I picked a great partner to ride with. But you, you came through, man. Oh, yeah, great. definitely, definitely. I, uh, and, the, and it was the military that did it for me. Yeah, a lot I, of people I, want to use the military as an experiment, but I'm telling you, it's the best jobs program that was, the government has. It was the best thing that happened to me. I uh, graduated high school at 16, and uh, I had uh, flew off to the military on my uh, 17th birthday. And I was, oh, I was a knucklehead. I didn't, I didn't know, I, I thought, I was pissed. I was like, I'm not getting valedictorian. I'm 16. I, I, I make good grades. I was, I had kids when I found out that they put behavior in valedictorian that counts to the behavior. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, oh, okay. That's why they didn't choose uh, me. I didn't know and, that was a requirement. Yeah. And then senior's last day, I, I beat my principal up. That, 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 that probably. That, that, that was the icing on the cake. That so, sealed yeah. the deal if there was any wavering. Kicked me, kick me out of the school. Couldn't go. Didn't walk across the stage. Spent all that money on my announcements and everything, and couldn't walk across the stage. And to where I wore my uniform and came back, and they was like, uh, "Listen, stop. You want us to call the police? You're not supposed to be on these premises." I'm like, "Yo, but look, I'm changed. Greens, man. Come on, I'm looking sharp here. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, we're gonna call the police. Get off the premises. I'm like, yo, y'all still on some old shit. You know, wait, wait till your reunions start popping up, and you're going like, no, 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 still in effect. Get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's terrible, man. And I'm like, wow, but I, the military got all that out of me, you know, to where I had a big fight with one of my older cousins before I left, and I came back, I apologized to her, I said, I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it changes. It rings the rag out of a lot of goofy. But you have to, you can't send me your 18-year-old screw-up that has no home training. Yeah. I can't fix him. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you come from a good family. Yeah, yeah. That, that raised you right. Yeah. But you may you got some you got some uh, yeah I had some rebellion in me you got some rebellion some things that need to be corrected yeah, now, the military can fix somebody like that yeah yeah and yeah. bring them bring them to a new life and a new standard facts I was I was a middle kid man middle kid gets no love oh yeah I know I don't love either of my middle brothers I got two middle brothers yeah <laughs> I hate them both <laughs> because they were your kids think about it as the we older were all brother. five years apart. And I was. I was babysitting my youngest you, brother while my mom and dad worked. And then I was babysitting two brothers while mom and dad worked. Yeah, absolutely. Kids, and they're your burden. And it's like, and that's what, think about it. The older kid, think about it. You had, your mom had to get up and make you a bowl of cereal. Because there was nobody else. But now, you got little brothers. You're like, Mom, I'm hungry. Hey, Tony. <laughs> while you're making you a bowl of cereal, go make your brothers a bowl of cereal. Ain't you guys the parents? Just think if you knew now what you, you know, take what you know now and go back then. I, I, I think. You're the parent. The way me and my brothers grew up. If we were growing up in this day and age, I think my parents would be in jail and we'd all be in foster care. <laughs> Because we beat the snot out of each other on a oh. regular basis. Oh yes. And I, we, we had a we lived in a three story uh, tenement. We had the second story. The woman below us, the elderly woman below us, was always complaining about us making too much noise. We're a house full of boys with no parents around. Of course we're going to make noise. And then one day she was trying to beat on her ceiling to get us to stop making noise above her. And when she did, it was an old building, an old decrepit building in the hood. And all that plaster 
uh-huh. came crashing down in her whole house. Just because oh. <laughs> once one piece of it went, the rest of it went. I'm, I'm breaking into y'all apartment and I'm beating the <laughs> hell out of every everybody in the house. <laughs> what, what, what are we supposed to do? She's the one, you know. She tried to blame it on us that our running back and forth is what made her ceiling fall down. But she, I mean, there was a chair in the middle of her room. She is completely covered, and she wow. still had the broom handle in her hand. So okay, lady, wow. you try to sell that one. And man, I would have called CPS on my parents if if I was if I think if we was growing up today, I would have only because I listen. We was in a it was like six bedroom house. It's only three of us: uh, my older brother and I got a younger sister, my mom and dad. I still shared a room with my brother. <laughs> the TV had his own room. The TV had a bedroom. I had to share a room with my brother. I had to be a grown man before I had my own room ever. And that was short lived. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I never really had my own room. And that, I would have called on him, man. I, I, it was terrible. Even as a kid, I had to spend three months in pure darkness because something was going on with my eyes. The slightest bit of light through a keyhole would inflame my eyes. Oh, wow. So I was three months pure darkness. And they thought I was going to fail in school and everything else, man. But I had this like, my mom was like this Jeopardy answering chick, man. I like your mom. I didn't see any degrees on the wall, but she was smart as hell. She was one of like for punishment. You're getting your butt whipped and you have to read Funkin' Wagnalls Encyclopedias uh, for you young folks. And then the Britannicas came along. I think she... No, Britannicas been on there. Funkin' Wagners for people who couldn't afford the Britannicas. Okay, yeah, because we got the, <laughs> We had the Funkin' Wagnalls first, and then... And well, then you upgraded yeah, your encyclopedias. Yeah, yeah. We upgraded, yeah. Uh, and uh, you and there are people listening things. right now who have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they had these, you know, those those things with the scribblings in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> this we call this uh, classic Google. <laughs> yeah, classic Google. Yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, we had to read those things, you know. So I I can always just go and take a test in school or whatever. I didn't have to study for it. It just I just knew it. And uh, I remember back in the day, my mom was trying to get me in school as a kid. And they had a half a day kindergarten and full day. And if your kid was smart, they just give them half a day. But my parents were working parents. They still live like they was poor because they grew up. Both of them are siblings of 14. Oof. Mercy. So, yeah. So, you know. Because th- that was the generation that bred children yes. to take care of them in their old age. Exactly. Yeah. And, and shouts out to my grandmother out there. She just turned 90. Mm, that's what I'm talking age. about. And she's still out there growing. She's still making babies. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that ship is definitely sell. I'd be pissed. Uh, the last ch- child number 15's name is Dust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely. <laughs> I'll, I'll go take this kindergarten test. And my mom tells me, coach me before the test. She says, listen, when you go in there and take this test, you don't know shit. Okay. I'm like, yeah, so I don't know what that means. I'm like, okay. Because if you're too smart, they're going to. Yeah, I take the test. The lady comes back and I'm next to her. She says, oh, well, he just needs half a day. You know, she says, uh, you know, he plastered with fine colors. My mom bashed the hell out of me right there. She says, no, 
I know he doesn't know shit, okay? He is like an idiot. He, I need him in here all day. He needs, but because she was the mail carrier of the school, they, they worked it out. Worked it out and let me get in there. Because you couldn't take a dive on a kindergarten entrance yeah, yeah, exam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm the idiot, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm the idiot. Cause I, <laughs> think about it, man. We, we got beaten in public places back in oh, the day. Oh, man, I tell one of my favorite stories is telling, uh, t- uh, teaching people that the Easter Bunny is not a superhero. Because <laughs> in the 1970s, it was very common to leave your children in cars. Oh, very much. Yeah, and 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 we all we all lived by the very same rule: don't get out the car. That was the rule: don't get out the car. And they cracked the window. They cracked the windows, and you could talk to the other kids in the <laughs> other cars because all the kids were in the cars. We didn't go into the A and P. We sat on the parking lot. Man, it was Easter weekend and the Easter Bunny. This is how common it was. The Easter Bunny is visiting the kids in the parking lot. He's just going car to car, giving candy to the kids. Stick your two fingers out. (laughs) Grab that. In my little five-year-old brain, I had done the math. I had figured out that there was no way that the Easter Bunny was going to make it over to my car to give me candy before Mom and Dad came back out to the car. You didn't get out. I broke the rule, man. You, you, you broke the sacred rule. I broke the rule. I got out the car, and I, I knew I had, to, I had to act quickly, all right? I'm a man of action, and I was a child of action. So I broke open the door, and I ran for the Easter Bunny. And just as I went to snatch up him, just to grab the Easter Bunny, just to give him a big old hug and get some candy from him, I got snatched out of the air in reverse motion and just punched in the face a couple of times. Oh, God. And uh, Oh, my God. And, and, uh, and, and it wasn't uh, a community raising a child. It was my father who had, had I, I don't know how, I don't know how he knew this was happening. Where did you come from? <laughs> you, do you know when you got out that car, other kids was like, oh. <laughs> Every kid, I think, growing up in the 70s and 80s, had got beaten so bad to where you look at other kids like, oh, you are going to get killed. You assumed it happened in everybody's house. And I'm sure when you got out that car, other kids like, oh. Imagine if we'd had cell phones in the 70s. First of all, that's a horrible thought process. Never go back in time and bring cell phones to the 70s because all the stuff we got away with, we got away with because there wasn't no cell phones around. Facts. 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 So he snatches me up and starts punching me in the face, and I realize I have made a terrible mistake. But I looked at the Easter Bunny with tears and blood on my face thinking, at least the Easter Bunny will intervene. He will save me. He's the Easter Bunny. And the Easter Bunny just hopped his ass off into the next car. Just didn't pay me no mind. They never, you know what? They never do. And the crazy thing is, my my dad, like he was, he he just learned how to read when he was in his forties, and my mom did all this apprentice work for the railroad, and uh, he was just this like screw turner. He built bikes, and I was. I was rebuilding transmissions at nine. My dad was like the first black Nazi. I swear to God. This this guy was there. He tells me one time at seven, he says, go out there. And we was building this 47 Chevy. Go out there and change the oil on. And I'm like, the the screw won't come out, daddy. He's like, you just take the damn flathead. You knock it right here. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I don't think problem solving's in a seven-year-old's brain. But my dad was just so go hard and he went shopping with us and he you know misogyny was huge back then so he it was the first time he went shop school shopping with us and i would get in the middle of the clothes rack but i would like be grabbing and sniffing the bras and panties 
<laughs> I told you I was a freak kid. But I don't think that's unusual behavior for, I think that's what boys do. I did I was, it. Yeah, I was a boy. So he asked my brother to go find me. I hear him, but I'm in the clothing rack. My brother finds me. He said, uh, and he just closed it. Doesn't say anything. He goes to him. my dad said, where is he? At? He said, I don't know where he's at, but he must have gave him a head nod or something. He's like, I, I don't know where he's at. And I'm smelling the bronze and panties. He reaches <laughs> like into the clothes. So, you know, his hands are all calloused up and everything, man. He's man he's, hands. He's, like he should like never touch a woman without gloves. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Till this day, he just grabs me by my skin. I don't even, I, I, I thought I had a shirt on, but somehow he got all the skin off of my back. Lifts me out of the dang on clothing rack. He was like, what the hell? You got the bra and panties. And he's in the store making this big scene telling my mom, he said, Lorraine, the boy is about to be a fruit. You know, he's saying these things. Well, he was saying other words back then that you can't say today. He said, he's going to be, he's going to be one of them boys that like other boys. And, and this, that. she said, no, he's not trying to wear the stuff or do that. He smells them. And do. I told you, she's like, I told you about doing this and blah, blah, blah. Like, he's still going to, he's still going to be a, a straight hitter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but my dad is thinking that I'm about to be like the gayest thing on earth. All I needed for this story to be perfect is you to be uh, naked. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't naked. But and when he pulls you out of the center of the bra and panty I'm still display. Holding on, I'm still holding on to him. I'm still, and I'm thinking like, why didn't I drop the panties and the bra? You know, I'm like, it came like on one hanger or something. And I'm just like, why was I still holding on to it? But I think he snatched me up so quick. It was like, what the hell? I think I just clinched. And he, he was just, he was a biker too. So he was just constantly like, yo, man, he, I'm telling you, a black Nazi, bro. Black Nazi. Black Nazi. He what was, was, what do they call it? Tag? I mean, you, what was his biker name? Uh, Hop. 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 Yeah, they called him Hop. My dad was Jew. <laughs> yeah, he was Don the Jew. Don the Jew. <laughs> My father wasn't a I Jew. Know, I feel like I, I heard you say it like, I gotta, then I gotta start saying your father's name. He and, had and a leather belt with the word Jew uh, imprinted in the back of it because he was Don the Jew. Wow. And, I, and he would beat the snot out of me with that belt. And uh, and I I never understood you know when people would make jokes about Jews being cheap I never understood it because he was very liberal with the use of what would brand me as wedge you know because it would imprint on your leg backwards oh, so wedge 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 oh wow <laughs> unless, you looked, you. unless you looked at me upside down I guess wow. it would say Jew I don't know <laughs> wow that is hilarious uh, man the worst beating I got from my dad I. I hit this kid over the, I'm in sixth grade, this kid's in eighth grade. I hit him over his mouth with his flute case and his braces went in his jaw. And my, I think you're kind of punching down here. Uh, I was, he I was, might have been an eighth grader, but he's wearing braces and yeah, he's he playing was, flute. Yeah, yeah, he's playing flute and he's wearing braces, <laughs> but he was still an eighth grader, you know. Uh, I technically should be in like the fifth grade here. My dad, like, I'm, I'm in the office and... I, ever since I learned cursive, I can I can forge my mom's signature. And my brother would have me forge so much for him. He's four years older than me. And uh, I get to the office, and I'm like, they can't catch my mom. She's on her route. My dad never answers the phone. So they call home. Hello? I was like, who? 
I was like, my heart dropped. And then I hear him. He has him on speaker. And he tells him, he says, yeah, you know, we got your son here, blah, blah, blah. And this what happened. This what He said, can I talk to him? And I'm over in this chair like, tell him I'm not here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, was just, I just wanted to wave him. No, no, no. We're tell good. Him, we're good. We're good. Tell him I'm not here. So he was like, oh. He said, uh, yeah, well, he just came back from a five-day suspension because the house was so big at my at, at our home, I can hide out in the basement. Me and my uh, brother's room was in the basement, so I could just hide out in the basement till my dad go to work. And then, you know, when go my mom to the come TV home, <laughs> yeah, yeah, go to the TV room, and then my mom come home. I've been in school all day. And he was like, we just got him off a five-day suspension. And he said, what? Five days suspension. He's like, hey, he said, uh, ask him if you can come home. But he's on speaker. And the principal says, oh, sure. So you didn't know about the five day suspension? He said, no. He says, uh, well, uh, I have his all his records here. Uh, he had five days here, 10 days, here, all these into school suspensions and everything else. But I signed, I forged my mom's name. He said, yeah, can you uh, send that home? Can he come home? Yeah, we can send him home. I'm like, uh, Ty, all of a Ty, sudden. Ty is not going yeah, home. <laughs> all of a sudden, I can just leave? And this then I can sign myself out? This is a kid yes. with a stick and a bandana with all of his possessions in yes. it. You are not going back to yes. this house. It is not safe. I have a test today. All of a sudden, school was important. You know what I'm saying? I was like, ooh, ooh, tell him I can't go home. So so this happened at the beginning of school. I was walking home. I guess I was taking too long. I only stay like three blocks from the school. He pulls up. The door opens up like magic. This is like a mob hit going down. The door opens up. We, he get home so and he pulls up, almost hits the garage. He pulls in so hard. And he's like, take him off. So I get down to the to the drawers. He said, no, every. And I hear him fumbling through this room for this belt. Beat me so good to where I was back at school in time for first hour. So I had to go all day. I couldn't even sit down. I literally had to sit on my jacket at school all day and you can see the whip marks on me because of my skin is red and you can see the belt marks you got on those me. deflector shots yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, and part of my stand-up i always talk about be like they didn't care about us as kids back in the day well they would send you to schools and i didn't find this out until i had moved down south but they would send you to a school where then the teachers were allowed to hit you yeah yeah, I had to paddle. And I, I Missouri I, is a Missouri school that actually reinstituted the paddle. I got no problem with that. But in Georgia, so if my first paddle experience is Texas, <laughs> we end up in Georgia, and then they gave me the choice. It's like you got a choice. You could either take a whooping from Mr. Principal over here, or uh, we can, you know, let your parents handle this. I'll take this one. No, 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 no. Send me home because because you're gonna beat me. And then I'm going to go home and, and take a beating. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll just take the beating at home. I, I don't need an extra beating. Well, what if you can just get a note like, I've already been punished for this crime. There was, <laughs> this is double jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> My father would clearly state a wrong jurisdiction. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I didn't understand. My mom, because I hated my parents working different shifts like that because my mom, I would get a beating from her. It give whooping from her, and then my dad would come in with that damn railroad flashlight. Mm. Get up. Mm. Uh, I got school in the morning. I when you say railroad flashlight, are we talking like the spooky handle yeah. over the uh, lantern? Bright, 
I don't know what it is. They like something just, out of a horror movie? He had to like big yellow. <laughs> it's like a big yellow box with a handle on top. No, I don't know what it was. It's kind of. It was almost kind of square. They had the black ring around the uh, light. It was just bright as hell. And he just did that and for he intimidation. Was, he he used to make sure we would sleep. I think before he go <laughs> with the with the light from the sun in your eyes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like who can stay sleep with this? And he'd be like, "Get up, mm. and, man!" I, I'm telling you. Well, hop fear, scares me now. I was scared of hop. The fear of your parents back then was greater than. Anything outside the household, you know what I'm saying? You was like, I'll deal with out here before I go home. Just don't let them find out because I'm going to get beat. And that's what the crazy thing was growing up. I remember my brother stood up to my dad. Well, I thought he was one day. And my dad is talking to us before. Uh, we had a dishwasher, but we were the dishwashers. Of course, yeah. My dad had a <laughs> we, remote we control. We weren't, Me. We, weren't, <laughs> yeah, we weren't allowed to use the dishwasher unless we would spend the night over a cousin's house or whatever. Then my mom can use it, but we couldn't use it. My dad's giving us this speech before we go to school. And my and I'm making eye contact. You know, you got to look at me. I'm like, I'm scared shitless. And my brother got his head down. He's messing with his shoe. And I'm looking and I'm tapping my brother while I'm still looking at my dad. I'm like, hey, are you losing your mind here? Hold your head up. He's going to kill you. And he tells my brother, he said, do you hear me, boy? And he looked up at him. And my brother looked up at him and said, Yeah. And put his head back down. And, and now, I, I love the fact that both of our eyes went wide yeah, yeah, when you said yeah. that. And oh, I, no, he didn't. I scooted away from him so fast. <laughs> I scooted away from my brother so fast. My father grabs him, picks him up off his feet. Listen to me. I mean, my, my brother taught me, because he was four years older than me, and I know you taught your brothers a lot of scam shit, didn't Oh, yeah, you? yeah. Well, I mean, all the mistakes were made on me, and they learned from my mistakes. I wasn't that kid. I didn't learn shit. I learned how to be a scammer, too. <laughs> My brother would eat the ice cream, but he would open the bottom of the box of the ice cream and start eating it from the bottom. Genius. My dad goes to get his black walnut ice cream. Loves his black walnut ice cream. He goes to dig in it. His whole fist goes through the <laughs> damn box. <laughs> Who gets the beating for it? The middle kid. Of course. The middle kid. <laughs> Tony, you are a jerk. I feel your brother's pain. I would set them up. You know, you guys, they were the diversionary beating. If they were the thing is, if Pop focused in on one, it wasn't we weren't the four musketeers, man. It wasn't, you know, the one for one and all for all. It oh, was yeah. if you could get uh, David to take a beating, then you didn't get a beating. And, <laughs> and, and, and you know what the thing is? You older brothers taught us to to shut up. We didn't snitch. And then you guys would bribe us with bull crap. Like, hey, I'll do chores tomorrow, okay? Shut up. And, and, and There was probably some deal making. We probably made some deals along oh, the I'm way. I'm sure you did. Usually it was, you I will punch you. had down. <laughs> My brother was a beast. I kicked him as hard as I could in his midsection. Kicked him in his junk heart. He was so mad at me. He yelled, ah! I left the house. I was out in the winter and waited till my mom got home before I went back in the house. Outside with no jacket, got a beating for that uh, because I was afraid my brother was going to destroy me. <laughs> you guys, you older brothers are jerks. Hey, <laughs> it is what it is. But thank I, you. I, I mean, 
I, I didn't choose to be the number one son. Number one son chose to be me. I'll tell you what we're going to do in the spirit of your Jeopardy-like-esque mother. Okay. All right. And we're going to do this thing uh, every episode. We do a couple of segments. Yes. This has been a great interview. I've really enjoyed talking to you, but we're wrapping it up, uh, unfortunately, because we're right at the end of the hour. But that's okay, because the next time you guys come back, we'll get you in again. That'll work. Uh, Because there are other things I want to talk to you about. And I enjoy talking to you. Thank you. So there's that. I did. Uh, We're going to do this uh, one of our segments. It's called The Book of Everything. It's where we learn important knowledge. We pull two facts out of The Book of Everything, and we teach somebody something every single week. Oh. Our first fact from the book of everything in 1900 all the world's mathematical knowledge could be written in about 80 books today it would fill more than 100,000 they found new numbers they created new numbers mathematicians are a stupid silly bunch they just make stuff up I, I, I you know when you're adding letters to letters to letters and you call it math I don't think you understand the definition of math. Well, n to the n to the n is infinity more. Infinity what? what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's more. Infinity? Doesn't infinity mean infinity? Isn't so, that enough? There's a beyond infinity. I think I'm going to buy an infinity just so I can put some infinity. Does infinity still make speakers? Yeah. And no, no, no. I think they have bows, bow systems, like like even in the infinity. Man. No, no. I think infinity I, still do, mate. There we go. Here we go. Second fact from the book of everything, something to get you through your week, something to teach you a little something. Dogs can smell where electric current has been and human fingerprints that are a week old. They can, they can do what? They can smell where electric current has been and human fingerprints that are a week old. This is a sign. This is a sign. I'm going to do the dog joke tonight. I'm going to fix it somewhere in there, but this is a, I have to do it. I'm going to set it up like you said. Yeah. I'm going to set it up. I don't just care like how bad said. I'm feeling. I'm going to be there because I want to see this. Yes. Uh, that's that's a sign right there that I have to do my I job. think your dog story is fantastic. It just needs the tweaks. Yes. And I, I think it's going to be the right direction. And, of course, the dog has to be naked. <laughs> he's, he's always there. <laughs> All right. We're getting ready to wrap this up. Typhoon Panda, thank you so much for, uh, for coming in, for doing the interview, for hanging out and having a good time with me. Where can people find out uh, more about you or where can they find out where you're going to be? Where, where can they go? I am Typhoon Panda on all platforms, T-A-I-F-U Panda. And on TikTok, I'm, I'm now trying to TikToker or, you know, that good stuff. I pay somebody else to run the, the TikTok. I can't do it. And it's Typhoon Panda 845. And just follow me. I'm always putting everything out. You got there. that Facebook up and running? Got my Facebook up. Put your tour dates on your Facebooks. Um, like, now, subscribe, I'm, I'm, and follow. I'm learning. How about the YouTubes? You got anything um, out there? That's that's the my TikToker person. She does all that stuff. Okay, yeah. well uh, that's where you go, ladies and gentlemen. It's Taifu Panda. That's T A I F U Panda. Don't you like the F U part? Dude, I really want to know more about that name. I've never asked you about it. Let's get uh, <laughs> old Darrell McLean to sign us out. Thank you for listening to T Bone and Chick Brew. If you enjoyed that show, you should check out the Darrell McLean Show, independent media that won't reinforce tribalism. We have one planet and nobody's leaving, so let's reason together. You can find the Darrell McLean Show at the same place you actually listen to this show. Give it a shot.